Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mino Line Media presents the Olivia Fox Podcast. Welcome to the Olivia Fox Podcast. Yes, again, we are back for another show. Yes, indeed. First of all, I got to take care of my business. Thank you all so much for tuning in, for spreading the word that your girl is back. Every Thursday, you remember, we have brand new episodes. So tell a friend to tell a friend. The Olivia Fox Podcast is happening and available wherever you find your podcast. Well, this week, ladies and gentlemen, it's all about trailblazers. It's all about iconic women. Because this year marks 50 years of hip-hop and rap. I can't believe it. I, so I feel old, but I'm like, okay, we've been around, we're doing it. I thought it would be amazing to have an iconic female African-American woman. And not only that, a Washingtonian on the show. Because y'all know Washington, is, Washington, D.C. is my second home. So welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. She is an MC. She's a singer, songwriter, producer, engineer, and DJ. And she is nonchalant. Hello. Hello, Olivia. Thank you so much for having me, lady. Thank you so much for having me. And congratulations on the podcast. It is so dope. So thank, thank you. you so much. Thank I'm you. I'm so you. glad that you could come on. First and foremost, I got to say congratulations to you. Hats off to you for being one of the trailblazers in this thing. 50 years. Can you believe it? Ooh, I mean, I ain't been here the entire 50 years, so... I'm- <laughs> But yes, I can't believe it. I mean, um, I was just looking at an interview uh, the other day and I can't remember his name and it may come to mind. Um, someone commenting on uh, rap music and how far it was going to go. And um, it was right at the beginning. And his comment was that he, you know, thought it was something cool for right now, but definitely didn't have a year in it, let alone 50 years in it. And now we're here. So, yeah. And Amazing. it's evolved and it's all over the world. The print of hip hop and rap is all over the world. Everybody's rapping now and there's all different types of styles and genres. And it's, it's just gone way, way, way just out of the atmosphere, which is amazing because for me uh, in the early years, as you remember, you know, rap and hip hop was a way for us to tell our stories of what was going on in our communities. And that's what I came up on. I'm going to assume you're right around my age, but that's what I came up on. Upliftment mm-hmm. and also just truth tellers, storytellers telling the truth. Now, speaking of telling the truth, your hit five o'clock in the morning. What you going to do? Get yourself together. <laughs> You know, the thing that I loved about Five O'Clock was, again, it told a story, but it also spoke to those maybe outside of the community to let them know what's going on. But it was also, to me, a message to folk who are out there in the game. Tell me a little bit about the mid-90s, Washington, D.C., and what inspired you to write that song? Well, what inspired me to write it was the fact that I would see that every day. Five o'clock in the morning, I was working for the post office. I worked at the post office. 
um, and I would have to be out at five o'clock in the morning going to work. And it didn't matter, rain, shine, sleet, or snow. That was the time of uh, the phone booth. If uh, y'all want to Google that for the younger folks listening, um, telephone booth. And they would be out there posted up at the carryout. It didn't matter. Their job was the same as mine. They were there every day. And you knew what they were doing at 5 o'clock. And I just remember sitting at a light saying to myself, I hope I never see one of my nephews out here at five o'clock. And we know that drugs has touched every single family in America in some form or fashion. So it wasn't like I didn't think that a family member of mine could possibly be out there. That was just something that I didn't want to physically see at 5 a.m. So that's where the song came from, me not wanting to actually see one of my family members out at five o'clock in the morning, posted up selling drugs. That's what it was. That was that was their job. That's where the song came from. Originally, a little cliff note. Originally, the song was called Brother Man. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. um, I wrote five o'clock, wrote everything except for the two gentlemen, Dre and Bink, who are uh, the two guys that's on the song with me. But um, Brother Man just wasn't it. It didn't it didn't flow and just. At some point in time, I went in the booth and I just started saying five o'clock in the morning, where you going to be outside on the corner? And it stuck. And um, that's where it came from. That's where hmm, it came from. a little history, because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times I've always wondered when songs come out, how do they decide the name and, hmm. you know, how do they come up with the hook? Because honestly, you know, for me personally, old school. Lyrics mm-hmm. are very, very important. And that hook is how you get them. And so mm-hmm. if you can tie the title with the hook, you just pull them in and do the damn thing, which that song did. Now, you're the first rapper from the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. For those outside of this area, we call it the DMV, but I had to clarify. Mm-hmm. And you basically landed a major label record deal and you sold over half a million on that song. Do you remember that moment when you were told that you had reached that pinnacle? Do you remember where you are? Do you remember that feeling? Yes, I do. I was actually at the East Side, at the East Side Club. If you're from the remember, DMV. I remember the East Side. I was at the East Side and um, we were celebrating and actually they brought the plaques out to me at the East Side. That, that's when I found out the record had gone gold. They physically brought plaques out. And I mean, the feeling, you I, it's, it's, it's indescribable because during that time, of course, it's a completely different time. People had to physically get up, make a decision to put clothes on and go somewhere to purchase the single. You know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't clicking. It wasn't streaming. It was a physical copy. So, yeah, I was at the east side down in D.C. and MCA Universal brought the plaques out and presented them to me. And my mom was there. A lot of my family was there. So it was incredible. It was incredible. That's amazing. And to me, you know, when you were at the pickup, when you were talking about that, you actually had to go and physically buy, you know, no, no, I'm not, I'm not you know, stepping on the technology. But mm-hmm. for me, in our time, people actually had to go buy the record, mm-hmm. buy the CD. So for me, it's kind of like this is, and not to say that clicking on is not legit, but that's legit because that's in your hand. You know, a half a million people got this record. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That And that goes down in history. It will never change. You will always be that person that did that at that time, which is, you know, incredible, incredible. 
Now, when you that. when you were coming up, what were some of the artists that you looked up to that inspired you to say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. I know I can. Who's somebody that you looked up to, male or female? So my world was not hip hop at all growing up. Um, I, I was not listening to anything that my friends were listening to. A lot of my friends were listening to New Edition and, 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 you know, I was of course listening to Mary, but, um, and I was listening to hip hop somewhat. And of course I was listening to go-go somewhat because of DMV, but I was really listening to a lot of Beatles. Honestly, I listened to a lot of jazz, a lot of jazz. Um, um, and some, a lot of R&B old music um, at the time, you know, of course you can't get away from Anita Baker or Phyllis Hyman or Gene Kahn. So those are the people that I was really, really listening to, but I was listening to a lot of jazz. But the record that did it for me where hip hop is concerned is Slick Rick, The Adventures of Slick Rick. Mm. That's what changed everything for me of how I even listened to hip hop and music. Um, the storytelling, the entertainment, the music, um, the hanging on every word, the 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 how you tie the entire album into it's an, a complete thought with the record itself. It just changed everything on how I even listened to hip hop. And um, honestly, though, even with that being said, Olivia, that is not what made me want to get into music. It's not what where I started. Hip hop is not where I started. I actually started out, which I have my BFF, who is my best friend, who um, is management right now. I started out trying to sing. So, <laughs> right. So I sung the all of the melodies on five o'clock, all of that you hear, that's me. But I met my best friend trying to sing backup for Johnny Gill's cousin. Wow. Right. And why I actually said, I said, you know what? I'm going to get into music because I was bananas crazy over Janet Jackson. So I said, you know what? Me I too. Do? Okay. <laughs> this is a crazy story, but it's true. I, I mean, people come out of, I mean, music is what I love. When you love to do something, it's easy to do. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what? I'm going to, I want to meet Janet Jackson. So what I'm going to have to do is make a record, get famous and meet Janet. That's it. So that's where it all came from. I just love to do what I was doing. Right. And honestly, when you do love what you do, it's not really work. You know, it's just I like, I can't even believe this is my life. This is what I do. This is this where is I go. I you know, you travel, you meet people, you met your best friend. And so are you guys still tied together where, what are you, 30 years friends now? 30 have, years in. Girl, and that's something to truly treasure, especially in these days and time, you know? I'm trying to tell you now we and we just we literally just came back from a trip to Paris uh, two days ago. Um, and and just like true good friends, you can't get away. We had a, a massive argument in the room one day and then the next day went out and had a blast. It's the friendship. It's a friendship of a lifetime. That is my BFF. But yes, we met trying to sing back up for Johnny Gill's cousin. Mm. And she's from Washington, D.C. as well. She's from Virginia. Yes. So let me ask you this. Did you ever get to meet Janet? Did you I get did that not. opportunity? I didn't, but I actually saw Michael Jackson. <gasps> right. In the flesh. In a session. In a session. It just happened. 
Um, I was at the hip factory. They came through and they told everybody to stay in their session. And the engineer said that that means Michael Jackson is coming in the building. And their elevators are so big, you can put vehicles on them at the time. And yes, and um, said, would you like, my A&R said, would you like to see Michael? Possibly, right? So I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, no, I don't want to see Michael. So um, he knew the A&R for the project. And um, so he went up and I stood in the outer room of the outer room of the session, not even close. And that door opened and he just leaned and looked. And I was like a deer in headlights, couldn't even believe it. It's still like a dream to me. The door opened, I looked and the door closed. And that was all I needed. That was mm. amazing. Still Had to never, be. Never met Janet. Had to be amazing. Had to be amazing. I'm just like thinking like, oh my God, I don't even know what I would do. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. God rest his soul. But I tell you, talking about legends. So hmm. now being a Washingtonian, I think, what'd you say? I think you're, you said you're from Northeast. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So mid nineties, we know what it was like. Cause I think I arrived in Washington DC right at 96. And so hmm. I was here for a direct left, came back, you know, you can never leave. You can leave, you come back, come back. So sometimes when I'm driving into the city, I don't even know where I am. Hmm. So what is it like to be a Washingtonian and see how the city has changed in so many ways, not only with the people, but the buildings and, and just the movement, the energy, it's just a whole different situation. What is that like for you? Um, it's, it's great. And it's sad at the same time. And I can, when I think about that, I think about two video shoots. The first video shoot, the five o'clock video shoot, where that was shot on Minnesota and Benning. And that is an area that I grew up northeast, right there in, in northeast. I grew up uh, off of Nanny Helen Barrels. But the unfortunate thing is during that time, um, you know, you would think there would be an improvement in the area. Since then, the store um, in the video, the on the portion where the guy was rapping, and <clears throat> it's the portion where one of the guys is getting robbed early in the morning. That's that store right there has closed down. Um, there's I don't know if it's going to open up again, but right across the street, a whole bunch of high rises have gone up. Um, but at the same time, with all of that change the area isn't any better. Unfortunately, mm. the area is worse. So you would think 20 years later, there would be, there's so much progress in, in the DMV in so many different areas. Um, but unfortunately you have a situation where one area is, has seen progress and another area is not, it's actually getting worse. And that's what's happened in, um, in the Northeast Minnesota and Benning area for me, in my opinion. Um, and then case in point would be um, H Street, 8th and 8th Street, where I shot until the day. I mean, that's you can't recognize it. You wouldn't recognize H Street if you went down the H Street corridor right now. And that is such a hot topic with the whole trolley car situation and all of that going on. Progress is great. Progress is wonderful. I am definitely uh, pro-grow, pro, you know, uh, 
forward motion and, and forward movement and, and growth in the city. But, you know, um, some things just need to make sense. And with that being said, we have to be um, we have to react when we see change. We can't just sit there on the stoop and watch it change and then be like, why is this changing? We have to be able to see what's coming and, you know, uh, pivot or or make sure that the change doesn't make sure we're out of the change and we find ourselves outside of progress, not within the progress. And honestly, you know, I have seen bits and pieces of changes and negativity in terms of you would think if all of this is happening with the growth and, you know, these high, very, 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 very expensive properties that it would kind of, you know, move around the whole city. But like you said, there's still certain areas that are even worse than they were back then. And then mm-hmm. again, you go down H Street. I'm telling you, the first time I went down the H Street corridor, I was tripping. I was like, because <laughs> I remember going back H Street. You had um, Kathy Hughes and WOL right there. You know what I mean? And all mm-hmm. these local businesses. And so now, you know, we, we have what we have. And mm-hmm. so you're so right in terms of, you know, being aware of the change and seeing mm-hmm. how things are evolving and making certain that the people, the community, not forgotten. Because right. I remember when they was trying to stop the go-go music down there on Florida and Georgia Avenue. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, our people, we came through. We was like, oh, no, we're not having that. Okay, this no. is go-go and it's not going to go-go. And so... <laughs> I think that was, look, I think that was a wake up call for some yeah. of these, I call them transplants because mm-hmm. I don't know what they were thinking, but they, you know, mm-hmm. right. messed around and found out. Absolutely. Absolutely. You just got here. We've been here. You just got here. So okay. we're going to tell you what the rules are and you're going to follow those. You messed absolutely. around and found out quick. Okay. Yeah, Seriously. Seriously. So DC, you know, I I think I read somewhere, saw when I was doing my research for this interview, Mm -hmm. um, you were talking about that collectively back when in the mid nineties, that rappers weren't moving in a collective manner. It was like people were kind of off doing their own thing. Whereas I think now, at least 10 years ago, when I was really out in the streets, I ain't really been out in the streets much, but last Mm -hmm. 10 years, it seems like DC is kind of more of a collective, like the the artists are more like, yes, we are from the DMV. Do you mm-hmm. see that, that change? That's amazing because we're having this conversation on a day where a post came out this morning, a clip of me speaking at a conference uh, for Made in the DMV, the Made Conference. And one of the things I spoke about is the DMV and the borderlines and how we move as artists. Do we support each other? Um, as DMV artists, what is a DMV artist? Who's from the DMV? So forth and so on. So this this thing has been going somewhat viral today, um, mm-hmm. speaking about how we move as artists and are we truly supporting each other? I think we do. I think we are much better at supporting each other, but we have so far to go because who is each other? We still haven't decided where the DMV lines start and stop. So because we have that problem, we will never really, I won't say ever, but we haven't gotten to the point of really supporting each other because we don't know who we really are. 
Um, some of us say, you know, if it's not for me, if you can get to DC on a metro, if metro is going there, it's a DMV. That's where I am right now. Metro, and if metro goes all the way all the way to Hagerstown, then it's the DMV because that's metro. But that's my opinion. But what I always say to artists is, why would you why would you make your platform small? Why would you want your your roots to be shallow and not far reaching? If someone from Hagerstown is claiming the DMV and they are super successful and adding such great things to our creativity as the world, but as the DMV community, wouldn't you want to say that that they're a part of your family? Wouldn't you want that? So, you know, I I see the progress in us supporting each other. And I'll speak about something that I have called Record Pool Mixes, RPM. And that's what it's all about, artists supporting each other um, and finding and me finding a way that I can support our creative community because I had to find out a way that I could do that effectively. But I do see the progress, but I think we have a long way to go because we're, we're dealing with those borderlines right now still. It's hard to so. define because the areas are so different. You know, um, you've mm-hmm. got, you know, my people in Prince George's County, very different from those in Anne Arundel. And I don't know what is the beef between D.C. people and Baltimore people, but it's just like <laughs> oil and water and firecrackers. You know what I'm saying? Just like, I don't deal with that Bama. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. The two, is, the two. Is it a two or a two? And a few. So, you know, and I'm like, we're all like in this together. So you're right. It's hard. I think it's a very unique situation because you do have such a variety, but those lines, like you said, they, we really don't know. You can say one thing, you know, it's kind of like, reminds me a little bit of Chicago. Um, I went to school with a lot of people from Chicago. I'm from Missouri, but people from Chicago will say, you're not really from Chicago if you live in a suburb and you have everyone saying I'm from Chicago, but live and, and so spread out. So you mm-hmm. can maybe leave, uh, live an hour or hour and a half and people still shout and shut down. And I'm like, you're not really from Chicago. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's that kind of thing um, here as well. But I just never understood. And you, you hit on a really good point and why we just can't support one another, um, regardless of which particular state in the DMV that you represent. I remember working in radio, and we're going to talk about your time over mm-hmm. at WPGC, but I remember working in radio in the mid-90s. And they I forget the name of the show, but it was when local artists could send their music in. Mm-hmm. And I would always hear when I'd go out on remotes and to the clubs that radio stations did not support their local homegrown artist. I would hear mm-hmm. that all the time. Was that your experience at that time? Um, it's it somewhat, it was. And thinking of it, because now having been in radio, I kind of understand the dynamic and why they don't have the ability to do. I, I do believe, because I did have an experience where I was on radio, the five o'clock was what it was already. And um, one of the mixers I, I made a new song and one of the mixers just put it in the mix. Hmm. Um, and, and immediately that phone rang and was like, what is this? I, we don't know what this is. And, and we're like, Eminem, it was Eminem. And he's like, it's not. And, well, you all didn't run that by us. So it's just like, yeah, I mean, you, you want to be groundbreaking. You want to be 
the hot 97 at the time of the DMV, but you're still playing strictly by the rules. So it was a, 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 a slippery slope where it came to um, uh, local artists, because I think, you know, they could have been better at supporting us. But having been at radio and, and the radio wars that are here in the DMV, you know, with KISS and PGC, it's it they are so scared to lose a one listener. They don't want to step outside the lines of anything that's going to make them slip from being number one. So, you know, it's kind of being able to, you know, see behind the curtain for a little bit and kind of sympathize somewhat. But then again, it's just like, come on, you know, you can you could do better. You, we could, right. you could you could have done better at supporting us because you have the room. You're not if you're number one. You have the room because if you're number one, the people will follow the number one. If you're putting artists first and the other station is going to be on, let us put artists first, local artists first, too. So, yeah, absolutely. They and can, I think sometimes it, it, it won't happen until it, it, it you're more national. You know what I mean? And it's mm -hmm. like, OK, so now mm -hmm. they're they're on my tip. Now they're supporting me. So um, that's very interesting. Now, your time at WPGC in Washington, D.C., which for those who are outside the Washington, D.C. area, historical uh, radio station, you know, led in the ratings for for decades. How mm -hmm. how did that come about? And what what were your feelings like as opposed to being an artist and being on the the a radio station because i i know you hit upon that with you kind of understood how mm -hmm. and the decisions that are made in terms of what music but for yourself personally how how was that for you working in radio it was really great because how it came about was just um they had uh artists stepping in as guests um i forgot who was out i i, I can't remember in the middays someone was out on vacation. So they had a number of artists come in and guest host. And I did one day and it was just natural for me. I had a ball and they asked me to come back. And then they were like, Nam, would you like to be on middays? And I'm like, sure, sure. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, let's do middays. No problem. So it was, it was an ex a great experience, but it was still during the time that I was recording my record. So um, you're, you're kind of split into two personalities because, of course, you have uh, radio where they want you to your life. This is radio is going to be your life. And it's, it wasn't my life. So I had the situation of still recording the record. I would uh, be in New York um, recording. Sometimes I would drive into the city for the Museum of Television and Radio and broadcast from there and, you know, so forth and so on. So it was a really incredible experience. Um, I actually became the voice of the station for a little while at WPGC. So whenever you heard this is a WPGC exclusive, that was my voice. That was you. So that was me. So I, I learned a lot at being being in radio and, and, and gained a lot of respect for people like yourself. Not that I didn't have it before, but when you walk in somebody's shoes and you see the the efforts and the energy that it takes in order to do a radio show, it's not just about playing records. You know what I mean? You're not just sitting there. Um, it just, it, it gave me a bird's eye view of, you know, the reason why sometimes you just can't play somebody's local music. So 
it was a great time for me. It was it was really a great time. And it and again, it, it exposes you to be able to do other things because from that I was doing a lot of voice work. I went on and did voice work for companies and so forth and so on after leaving radio. So it was like any other job to get experience in that you can, you know, utilize for the rest of your life. It was beautiful for me. You know, I tell people um, all the time, as you get older, you kind of start realizing how things work and move. You question it as a a young person because you're still trying to find yourself. But as you get older, you kind of see how things are going. And for me, I'm always saying life is about pivoting, having Mm -hmm. the ability to pivot. Because honestly, if you can't pivot, okay, Mm -hmm. you're going to be stuck. And so it's so important. And you've done that. You've mastered that. You you in records, you're singing. First you were singing, then you went into you know rapping, you did radio and did the voiceover. So what is nonchalant doing now? Right now, I am so focused on doing things like the shirt I have right here, epilepsy sucks. Um the app we just had the epilepsy walk uh Saturday, May 6th was the epilepsy walk. I've been the host um, for the epilepsy walk here in DC for the last four years. I've been blessed to do it. Um, My nephew, Christopher, passed away from epilepsy, a seizure in his sleep, um, just a few weeks out of high school. So that's been a a passion of mine. Unfortunately, I was stuck in Paris, uh, didn't get a flight out, um, and wasn't able to make the walk. But a beautiful spirit, a poet from WPGC, I called her and poets said, I would love to do it, Non, and she was there for the walk for me. But um, the walk to end epilepsy is one of the things that I'm really passionate about. RPM, record pool mixes, is something else that I am now passionate about, um, uh, giving artists from the DMV a platform with no strings attached. Just send your music and we will play it. We don't care what you're talking about, how you're saying it. We don't judge. We just want to give you a platform and there will be so many people, DJs and everybody else will be in the room to hear your music. So record pool mixes, RPM is something else that I'm uh, passionate about. What we talked about, kind of, sort of, um, uh, a slogan of mine, don't just rap, say something, is something that I'm extremely passionate about. And a lot of people uh, get that confused when they see the shirt, don't just rap, say something. They're thinking that I'm saying, you need to say something in your music. That's not what I'm saying. I think everybody has the ability to do whatever they want to do with their creativity. You don't have the responsibility to get on a soapbox in in your music. But if you have any type of audience or voice, everybody has one. If you're passionate about anything, and that can be anything, use your voice to say something when you have the opportunity to say something. And I really target that. I try to... um, drive that point home to artists that are just getting into the music business, that are just starting out in their creative life. Um, Because social media is so passionate. We love to see your shoes. We love to see what you have on. We love to see what you drink and eat and smoke and whatever it is you're doing. But what if you do have a sister that has Down syndrome or you do know someone that's suffering from um, um, epilepsy or you just have a bad day? You have no idea what you saying something about those things will do for someone else uh-huh. the same way. So that's what don't just rap, say something is all about. So there are several things that I'm passionate about, um, but those three things, epilepsy, 
uh, RPM record pool mixes and don't just rap, say something is something that I'm, I'm really pushing right now. Now, if there's an artist that's listening that wants to get with you an RPM, how, how would they go? And is it just for DC area artists or can you be from somewhere else and submit? How does that work? Yep. So right now it's only for DMV artists and they can go to recordpoolmixes.com and see all of the information um, about record pool mixes. We are going to have the next one. My next one is actually going to be July the 8th at Union Stage. Um, the information, but you'll get the information at recordpoolmixes.com about what Record Pool Mixes is and, you know, the mission and um, the information on the launch, I mean, on the, the promotion for the next event will be happening this week because we just solidified a lot of things. So we're getting ready to blast that out this week. So July 8th is the next Record Pool Mixes and it's only for DMV artists. So if you think you're a DMV artist, just send it. Don't think twice. Just send it and send we it. will play it. It has to be in MP3 form. So go to Record Pool Mixes. All of the criterias are right there and we'll be listening. Wonderful. And see, that's what it's all about. You blow up, you do your things, you have a platform and you reach back and you help other people and spread your knowledge. Because honestly, what is the point of having knowledge and experience if you're not going to share it? Absolutely. I don't get that. I don't get that. But you get it. And you're doing it. And that's wonderful. Now, my last and final question, because this is always um, important for me to get the opinions of people that come on this podcast. Where do you see rap, hip hop going in the next 50 years, whether female or male? Where does nonchalant see the industry going? Um, that's a loaded question because we have so many things um, we have things like AI and um, a lot of outside sources that have come in to kind of dilute um, the music, the culture. Um, we got a lot of culture vultures. Yes. We unfortunately have a lot of artists that don't really understand their power um, and what they're putting out and um I don't want to, I never, because music changes. Just because I'm not listening to it doesn't mean it's not good. Doesn't mean it's, it, you know, everybody, I, what I'm listening to doesn't mean, you know, whatever. So I just would say that unfortunately, we are living in a time where it's not real. So what we think is real is really not real. It's not really real. So I tell people, artists right now, book a show, and I've said this a thousand times, and I've said a thousand times more, DMV artists, I say, book a show in Baltimore, 30 minutes away. Don't tell any of your friends, just book the show and promote in Baltimore. And if you get a crowd in Baltimore, you're doing something. If you don't, that will give you a real meter of where you are in your career that will give you the reality if we don't get in a reality state of mind with what we're putting into people's minds souls spirits with what we're saying how we're moving in the world the responsibility that we have as people as a community then i don't see not only with rap music hip-hop music but 
as a people, we don't have, you know, we're on a destructive mode. So I, I'm a very spiritual person. I'm not a Bible beater. But again, if I don't just, if I don't say something, if a lot of us don't get some spirituality and talk to a higher power for guidance in our movements, in our creativity, then I'm not going to say we're going to get wiped off the face of the earth. Hip hop is going to go anywhere. It's not, you know, I think it's here to stay like every other music. I think hip hop is here to stay. Rap music is here to stay just like any other music. But how successful will we be in it? How successful will the people that actually started the culture be in it? How will, will we still be beneficial to the creativity that we're providing or will someone else be just, you know, taking it and giving it back to us the way that we want, they want us to have it? That's the question. That, and you know what? I, I, I feel you. Some folk that are listening, they may not understand what you're saying, but I totally get it. Because for me, the shift, we saw the shift in the way music went. And I like the point that you made that just because I don't listen to it doesn't mean that it's not the bomb or it's not good. But I do think there is an undercurrent of, of how can I say, an element that is methodically and purposely putting out a certain message to our people. Because you don't see it in a lot of other different genres, Mm-mm. but specifically to our people being you know, said by our people, specifically mm-hmm. young people. And it's no secret that what you hear, even within yourself, but what you hear, it impacts the way you feel and the way you act. And so again, if you're not taking that responsibility or if you're not grounded and understand the power that is within you, it can be destructive. So to that point, this next this next record pool mix, this RPM, is going to have a panel that's speaking directly to that. So the first two hours of RPM will speak directly to the impact that music is having on the violence that's happening in our community. I am a total advocate. If you want to rap about all day long, going around shooting old ladies in the knees. If that's what you want to do, have at it. Because people can make movies about shooting old ladies in the knees all day long. But the difference is it's not going over into the communities. You don't see that happening in communities because, you know, you you saw it on a movie. It's happening in our communities. So we have to find out or at least speak to the fact that what you said, Olivia, to your point, what we're constantly being fed and what's being constantly promoted and what's being constantly told to us will sell. Is that really impacting us? Do you really think it's impacting us? That's the conversation. I'm not going to say it is, but I think at some point in time, we have to kind of put two and two together. Yeah. So if, if we don't want to say we need to change everything that we're saying, we need to ask for balance because we are constantly being fed a certain type of food that's not good for our creative bodies. Amen. Amen. Nonchalant, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Um, All the things that you have done and all the things that you're doing now and impacting the lives of others is commendable. I wish you continued success. Please get back to me before your uh, event in July so I can do what I can on social media to blow it up. I believe when folks are trying to do right, 
especially by themselves or by through their communities. We have to support that effort. We have to connect with one another and, and support one another. It's not just an artist thing. I think it's us thing. We're, our communities, we've got to stop looking at others as a threat or what they got. And I'm not giving up and, you know, I'm here and you get your own. No, we've got to support one another. So whatever I can do to uh, support what it is that you're doing, just please let me know. How can folks reach you on social media? Absolutely. And thank you. Thank you so much again, Olivia. I'll tell them the social media. But again, when I got the email, I cannot speak to this enough because I do hold you in such high regard. I, 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 I just love you so for so many different reasons. And I just think you're a hell of a dope person at the end of the day. You just dope. So thank you so much. They can reach me at The Real Nonchalant on Instagram and Non Nonchalant on Facebook. And for any other inquiries, it's M-G-M-T as in Tom for Nonchalant at gmail.com. Wonderful. All right. There it is. Nonchalant, trailblazer, iconic, and giving back to her community. That's what's up. I appreciate you so much. And thank you so much for the kind words. That means that means a lot to me, honestly. Um, I wish you good luck. And that's going to do it for the Olivia Fox podcast. Again, make sure you subscribe, like. You can follow me on Instagram at Olivia Fox Radio. Facebook, I'm at Olivia Fox. I'm not hard to find. Holla at your girl. That's going to do it for the podcast. We'll talk to you again soon. The Olivia Fox Podcast is produced and hosted by Olivia Fox. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Olivia Fox Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, comment, and rate. Follow Olivia Fox on IG at Olivia Fox Radio. Follow the Mean Old Line Media Podcast Network at Mean Old Line Media. Get the Mean Old Line Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The Olivia Fox Podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.